Sporty Coaching Ride Show with Anne-Marie Charrett and Margaret Deneen. We chat with people from all over the world to better understand what quality means to them and how to drive a quality mindset. What are you waiting for? Let's get this show on the road. Welcome to this podcast. We're really excited to have you um, as the first person on our podcast to talk about quality coaching. You are um, a quality coach at Atlassian. So why don't we first start off a bit about your background. How did you get into quality? Thank you, Anne-Marie, for having me. I'm really excited being your first guest. It's an honor. Uh, about my background. So I started my career as a software developer uh, for about five, six years. I was a developer. It didn't take me long to understand that I'm more interested in the business side of the IT rather than just being, being a pure technical. And at that time, the opportunity that I got was working as a tester because Tester was somebody who is working between tech people and product people, and I found it really interesting. So I decided to proceed my career in that field, and after that, I got introduced to quality coaching and quality assistant model. I've been working as a quality coach in the uh, last three years. Cool. Cool. And um, just tell us about where you're working at the moment, Um, just a little bit about the organization. Uh, yeah, I'm working in Atlassian. Uh, I think kind of Atlassian is a well-known name. Uh, everyone is using Jira Confluence. There are some different feedbacks for the product, but yeah, everyone knows it. Uh, I'm working in uh, commerce in Atlassian. So in commerce, uh, we are dealing with billing applications. So when you want to buy product, you need to pay us. Tell us a bit about the approach that that happens at Atlassian. What is the delivery approach? Just an overview. Atlassian is quite a big company. Uh, depends on which team you are working on, uh, you will see the different approach. So generally, if I want to break it down to two, to, uh, to two categories, I can say server and cloud. I am in cloud, and in cloud we don't have many QA coaches. Uh, so what we decided to do is following quality assistant model. What in quality assistant we are doing? We are saying that everyone is responsible for quality and giving uh, team members the quality mindset, helping everyone uh, to think about quality in the lack of QAs. But it doesn't mean that we don't need QAs. We need QAs for coaching and reminding people of uh, importance of quality. Okay, so when you say QA, what does that stand for? Is that quality assurance? No, it is quality assistance. Quality assistance, so it's quite different. Yeah, yeah. because we cannot... Ass- quality assurance is a old uh, model of uh, quality that we were using in waterfall model. It was kind of the, at the end of the cycle when you look at the SCLC. Always we have a testing after building which is, I think everyone agree, a bit late. And I really want to emphasize that testing is different with quality. In quality assistant model, we are saying that we want to spread quality to the left 
start as soon as possible. Testing is only uh, fixing bugs which already produced or slipped in the production. But in this model, we want to prevent. We believe that prevention is better than cure. Okay, so we're talking about actually how can we prevent the bug before it even gets created. Exactly. All if right. you don't write a bug, you don't need to fix a bug. <laughs> I guess that's true. That's true. So how do you do better? So what, what, what is so different then about that? How do you go about doing that on a daily basis? It's, you know, maybe it sounds really simple, but it needs cultural change. It really needs unlearn lots of stuff that we already got used to it. Okay. So we need to go through unlearn process. So what being in Atlassian, I'm kind of lucky enough to developers or people have this mindset because um, lots of people in the last four years, I think four or five years have been he heard about quality assistant and they've been working in this model. But in some companies that for the first time you want to implement this model, maybe you feel some pushbacks. I had that experience as well. It is challenging, but it is rewarding. It is really interesting. When after a while you will see that you could change the culture and the number of bugs decreased, uh, your product is more reliable, you will see that, okay, so it, it, I'm a winner. <laughs> I achieved something. Fantastic. Uh, if I want to say what is the difference, so if you imagine, if you consider the whole um, the whole uh, software development life cycle, where we are starting, we are starting at discovery, designing, requirement gathering. In quality assistant, we are saying that a QA coach should be there <clears throat> at the beginning, working with designer, PM, reviewing their ticket. And even sometimes I participate with designer in customer uh, interview. Oh, right. And so yeah. you're actually there doing customer interviews. Yeah, that we must are be doing. really interesting, is it? It is. We are yeah. doing customer interview. And in customer interview, I can hear that exactly what are the pain points. Mm. And I can be customer advocate in the team then. When I'm working, I won't rely only on some wording which is written by PM or a designer as acceptance criteria on the ticket because one part of quality coaches responsibility is asking question. It's really fun. We are paid to ask question. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's true. It's true. Uh, so yeah, uh, I, uh, I am working closely with a PM and designer and also we have program managers in Atlassian as well. And even being uh, closely working with them in uh, setting up the roadmap, it's really interesting. So a few days ago, we had um, we had a meeting, and one of the program managers was explaining that okay, in the uh, upcoming uh, project, um, uh, PM should do this, team leads are doing this, and he put QAs at the end, and he said, okay, quality check, blitz test. And I just told him, do you think that it's a bit late? And he's new. He's new, so he's not familiar with our process. And then when I explained for him that what is quality assistant and we want to start a quality from the beginning, he really loved it. And he said, yeah, I think it really it's going to work. So he, has, he changed his roadmap and everywhere he put quality review, design quality review, oh, fantastic. Um, requirement yeah. quality review. <clears throat> 
So yeah, so when we have that awareness from the beginning of the cycle, we make less mistake. And, and you've got that feedback loop as well, don't yeah, you? I mean, exactly. that's the critical thing is, is you're constantly getting feedback about how things are going. Yeah, I'm really happy that you raised it. It is, uh, we are shortening the feedback loop. Sounds amazing. Um, when, you, when you talk to people though, so this is this new person that you've had, how do you actually explain what quality coaching is to people? Because it's a f funny role, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Because you're not doing something, like that's the thing, you know, it's like, well, what do you do? And it's really hard to explain that. Yeah, it is really, even it was hard for me when I started this role three years ago, when uh, I got hired in Ansarada and they told me that you're a QA coach, I told them, okay, what is my ticket? What should I do? And they told me, you are the person who needs to define tasks. You are the person who needs to find tasks. And it took six months, six months for me to understand that, what should I do? What is my... What is my position about? So quality coaches are not doers. We, ha we should have a strategical mind, mindset. So we need to set up processes. We need to find gaps. So we are kind of glue workers. We need to uh, monitor. Sometimes in a meeting you are sitting, you don't have any input, but you are learning a lot. And all this stuff that you learn can come handy when you are doing QA kickoff, when you are writing testing notes, when you are asking questions. So when I want to explain my role for a newcomer, usually I'm saying that I am a person who help team to improve quality, not quality of the product only, quality of the process as well. Yes, I think that's critical, isn't it? It's, it's that it's clearly, if you want actually the product to improve, you have to start thinking about all the other aspects that feed into that product, like the process, like the people that are on the team and their relationships and how they talk to each other. And there's a lot of different things that feed into that final product quality, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, because uh, when we ship a product, it is about human. We want a human who is using it have a good feeling about that. So it is not robotic. So we shouldn't only think about technicality. Yes, that is important. I don't want to um, say that you yeah, put that technical um, importance aside, but we need to pay attention to human. And what QA coaches are doing looking at the human aspect of that and finding that as a user, do I really want to use this product? It, does this product add any value? Does this product solve any problem of mine? So I, I've seen, uh, we are saying that we are agile. So agile has uh, advantages and disadvantages. One of the advantages is we have a small teams. It's really good. So we have agility, we are fast. But disadvantage is teams become kind of solo. And they are saying that it is this uh, functionality or this service is this my team's responsibility. 
And if that person or um, another service in another team that we are working closely together has problem, it's none of my business. Mm. So what we are doing, we are trying to connect and uh, uh, to uh, improve cross-functional team working. So we are uh, trying to increase this boundary. I've seen lots of incidents happen in products in different uh, companies that I've been just because two teams didn't communicate with each other properly. But if there are people who are responsible for that, as I said, they are glue worker, they really want to understand that what are the dependencies. So uh, I will talk about um, all the steps that we are doing in quality coaching, like QA kickoff. So in that step, uh, always I raised about dependency. Think about dependency. And I'm hearing from developers saying that it is not my service, so why should I care? But when incident happens, when there is a, a bike facing, uh, when there is a bike in production, customer doesn't care that this uh, service belongs to your team or it is the whole company. Whole company would be affected. Yeah, that's so true, isn't it? Okay. Um, so you talked yourself as sort of as being the, the glue. Can you describe a typical day as a glue person? <laughs> <laughs> The good thing about quality coaching is that uh, your life is not boring and you sometimes during a week every day is really different with the day before. One day I have to work with PM and designer and work on uh, acceptance criteria and business aspect of the um, project. One day I have to work with uh, developers and understand what are their pain points in terms of and also being connected understand their technical language one day <clears throat> i have to do some research only by myself and come up with some strategies one day i need to think of setting up some metrics some dashboards monitoring them chasing right people going and talking with people in different teams understanding what they are doing so sometimes it's all meeting. <laughs> so it's really different. It's really, it is not a monotonous and boring job. Okay. So you talked a little bit about metrics here. And how do you, um, so how do you go about es establishing objectives, right? And um, how do you know you're making progress if this is such a varied role? And it's kind of, how do you measure the, pro the, pro the process of glue, you know? It's like, how do you know the glue is working? It's a golden question. <laughs> uh, what I do uh, when I join a new team, usually for a few weeks, I just observe. I just observe to find out that what are the existing processes which are settled, and I try to find gaps. And compare existing situation with best practices that I know and then to fill in the gap I need to do gap analysis it is really hard for you to do it alone so it is really good to find a person who is responsible team leads usually are the best people at that time I start interviewing different people so I will uh, um, book lots of meetings so one-on-one -on -one with people half an hour one hour with team lead, with uh, team members, understanding what is their feeling, what do they think about quality, what has happened before here, checking the 
backlog looking at the existing bugs the bugs are uh, closed the bugs which are open and then uh, finding out that which area of the application has been more buggy where uh, uh, what type of automated tests that already exist so i try to list down all these things for myself so just data gathering after that i sit with a uh, team lead usually and i put this in front of them and saying that okay based on this my suggestion is this for example we need to improve test coverage so we need to introduce some third-party tool to help us to find out that what is the existing test coverage or some areas that we are seeing that performance has problem so we need to start monitoring performance and then setting up some goals uh, considering teams uh, capability what is their capacity we will set goals and then what I, uh, I usually like to do is have having a quality backlog. So I'm putting all the tickets related to this stuff. I create all tickets and I put in my quality backlog. Okay, so you have your own board that you use to manage what's going on. Yes. Okay. So it can give uh, visibility to myself and all the team members that these are my quality concerns and I want to work toward these things. Uh, I talked with my Scrum Master and I told him that I really want to have at least five story point quality ticket on each sprint. Okay. So now it is kind of culture. Everyone knows that when a sprint is coming, okay, all QA should have some uh, quality tickets up there. In this way, we will have progress and then gradually I can monitor that, okay, we are here, where is our baseline and where we want to get. Uh, so, um, for example, for test coverage, I want to improve 5% test, test coverage on each service. And which service uh, has uh, more code smell? I want to improve that much code smell. And after that, I will monitor that the bugs that I used to have from that specific service decreased or not. Have these uh, practices that I've done uh, improve the quality of that specific service or not? Or another thing that I usually do about uh, QA. Uh, let me talk about that first about QA kickoff and QA demo that we are doing in Atlassian. Uh, QA kickoff is when developer wants to pick the ticket. They maybe uh, we want to make sure that they have a proper understanding of the ticket in terms of business aspect of that and knowing how to test it, because now we are saying that QAs are not testing for you. You are responsible for testing. So before they start, they need kind of support. Okay, so the developers are going to be doing all the testing. Yes. Here. Okay, so you don't, you're not doing any testing. There's I'm no not doing... testing there on that sense. So they're responsible for all the testing. They are. Okay. Yes, right. yes. QAs are not doing any testing. We can do some exploratory testing for ourselves, but um, no one is counting on us for testing. We are not responsible for that. Uh, so because we don't want to be gatekeepers. So, yep, for quality kick uh, QA kickoff, um, what usually happens, I've done my research because I've been working with a PM and designer. I know the business. 
I already uh, thought about all the dependencies. I have all the questions. And also I have a checklist that I already create a Confluence page and it's open for everyone that uh, people know that when I sit in a QA kickoff session, I'm going to ask all these questions. So they need to be prepared and they need to have answer for these questions when they are coming to the session. So for both QA and developer, there are some tasks kind of. When I'm talking about QA in future, we are going to change this QA role to another developer because when I want to set up testing my quality mindset in team, I want another developer uh, be able to do my job as well. Okay, so the actual developer becomes the QA coach, the, the QA as well, the QA engineer. Uh, it is really hard to replace that role because there are lots of stuff, but for QA kickoff and QA demo, okay. there are lots of developers, there are a lot, and I'm alone. So I cannot um, spend time on each developer. I I spend uh, I usually I sit with them on epics on stories, but for a small task, it is better for them to sit together and okay. talk with each Makes other. Makes sense, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, for QA kickoff, we talk about um, uh, all the dependencies, all the risk, and it is not only about testing. When I start working with uh, developers that they don't have experience in quality assistant model, they think that they just need to write some TDD, some scenarios that how to test it. I'm saying no. This session is about understanding the ticket. You need to understand your customer. You need to understand the end-to-end -end flow. You need to understand what are all the dependencies and think about all the possible automated tests that you can write. So, because as a definition of done is writing not only unit tests, contract tests, end-to-end um, -end tests, integration tests. So we will mention in the ticket that all these type of tests should be written. And if any exploratory test is needed, we will mention that, okay, these are the edge cases that is really hard to automate. So somebody really needs to do manual testing or exploratory testing. And if manual testing should be repeated more than once, definitely it should get automated. So as output of this session, we are writing testing note. It is called testing note, but it is not only for testing. Right. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? It's more about sort of understanding. That's the word that, that sort of came out to me is that it's do you understand the context in which the ticket is being created and do you understand it fully? And nearly the tests are just a kind of byproduct in a way and a sort of of that, that understanding. Yeah, okay. because if uh, people know what they are doing, they don't make mistake. I've seen that most of um, most of sessions that I've been for analyzing the bugs that we had in production, they happened because people were saying, that I didn't think of that. I didn't know. How should I know that? When people know, they don't make mistake. Easy. <laughs> and at the end of the cycle, then it would be QA demo. So when they and this testing, not always I'm saying that is a live document. It doesn't mean that once we, uh, we wrote on the ticket, it is written on a stone and you cannot change it. While you are coding as a developer, anytime you can go and update because when you are working on a ticket, you will get better understanding. So you can go and update it. 
Then when finished and you want to uh, raise your pull request, you, you should run QA demo session with a QA or another developer, doesn't matter. And at that time, you need to have answer for all the questions that we asked during the QA kickoff. A good thing about writing testing note is it will decrease repetitive work because somebody who is reviewing your code can have better understanding of what is the way that you are thinking and how did you test it? Then that person can get more creative and come up with some scenarios maybe and don't test the scenarios that already written on the ticket. So it is really good practice to kind of improve the quality of your product and the quality of your process. Cool. All right. Um, so what successes do you have you had? Like what's some, talk about something that you're really proud about. <laughs> uh, I think kind of I touched on the base saying that working with the people who haven't been in this model and after a while seeing they are accepting it as a useful practice and passing it to other newcomers. I get really excited when I see that, okay, developer I was working with, I don't know, one year ago, and that person was rejecting this model and now training a newcomer and explaining about quality assistant. And for me, it's awesome. I love it. Rewarding, right? Exactly. Yeah, it is rewarding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so imagine you, uh, somebody came up to you and asked you about maybe getting into this, starting a career as a quality coach. What sort of advice would you give them? Uh, be flexible and learn how to unlearn and be comfortable with unknowns. I've seen some uh, people who are starting who start working as a QA coaches, they panic when they sit with a developer and developers start talking in technical language and they cannot understand and they think that they, they are not adding any value, but it's wrong. You don't need to know everything. Don't be perfectionist. Uh, how you can add value? Think you don't have any idea. So you are a customer who is going to work with the application. So customers don't need to know anything about what is going on behind the scene. And if that developer can convince you, it means that developer understood how to do his or her job very well. So you are nice looking at it. Right? Yeah, yeah, and at a starting point, you can add this much value. Mm -hmm. And gradually, you will learn about business, you will learn about practices, you will learn about coaching skills. It is really fun uh, role. It is really rewarding. It's really exciting if you don't panic and if you don't expect too much of yourself at the beginning. Okay, good advice. All right, final question. Here's the crystal ball question. You ready? <laughs> yes, <should> so, me. <laughs> where's where's quality heading? I mean, where's the, where's it, the future? Do you have any ideas of, of what it's going to look like in even three to five years time? 
Uh, it is really hard to answer this question because um, I don't have that ability of reading stars. <laughs> but when watching the trend of the software uh, improvement, generally software development improvement, you can see that we are agile and we want to decrease the cost and effort. Definitely in traditional uh, quality model, we, I think I was reading one article recently was saying that about 30% uh, of uh, budget of a software uh, project is being used on testing. We can decrease it by bringing quality mindset to the team in the way that everyone is responsible for the quality and having few coach, coaches to remind people of quality working closer with the team and not having lots of uh, QAs. In the uh, old model, we had, for example, six developers for QAs. But in this model, we can six developer, one QA. Very attractive for many CTOs, I can <laughs> <Yes>. imagine. <laughs> so in this way, they can decrease their cost and improve the quality. I think it is kind of wise. I, if I was a CTO, I was going through this. <laughs> for me, it strikes me that it's about the rework, isn't it? I mm -hmm. mean, if you think about how can I reduce that rework? If every time I have to go back and fix a bug, mm -hmm. you know, that is the rework of the product. Every time I have to go and change the product or change an aspect of a feature, that's even more expensive, right? So if I can do those changes, remove that amount of rework and reduce the rework um, as early as possible and as much as possible, then that will reduce the cost. That's where the cost saving, I think, I feel is, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah you rephrased it in a perfect way. Yep. Yeah. All right, Sahar. Um, thank you very much for talking to me today. It's been an absolute delight, as always, and uh, wish you all the best um, with your uh, work at Atlassian. And thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. It was really fun being with you during this uh, recording this podcast, and I hope we can have more quality coaches. <laughs> I'm so grateful.